Good morning. Peace be with you. We have some announcements, and I would like to bring your attention to the Praise Symphony, uh, Symphony, not Sympathy, Orchestra that is coming Sunday the 30th. And um, so that's like next Sunday, right? So uh, uh, please do come to that and enjoy it. A lot of hard work has gone into that. Thank you, Liz, and, and all who have uh, organized it. It's going to be a wonderful uh, celebration and a wonderful time of fellowship and praising the Lord through music. So thanks again for that. In the uh, pink pages, um, we have... Uh, uh, a choir alert. Did you hear that? Alert, alert. It starts on Wednesday. And um, the, what well, already started. <laughs> so now you're, you're alerted again. And so we would love uh, for more people to uh, come and join, um, even if you think you can't sing. Um, because I know I can't, but I'll bet you'd let me sing with y'all once in a while. Yeah? Okay. So let's, let's uh, make an, uh, an effort on that and prayerfully consider it. There's a flea market happening on October 6th. And um, if you'd like to set up a table and sell any items that you have, let Susan know. And we will be selling uh, food. Uh, donuts and coffee, hot dogs, chips, sodas, and desserts throughout the day. And if you'd like to donate any baked goods, cookies, or anything else that's easy to serve um, or have a couple of hours to help sell some food items, please see Susan. We always um, have uh, the need for uh, people to go out and harvest. Uh, and so if you are able to give a little bit of time that day, that would be great. Or perhaps bring some cookies uh, or something that's easy to sell. Um, that would be great. And then uh, I'm excited um, for this, not because I knit, but I absolutely adore all the members of the Naughty Knitters. I can hear them giggling out there uh, from my office, and they're getting uh, started again on Thursday, and it's at 10 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall, so please come and knit and crochet and, and have a nice time. So that is about all that I have to add to that. Our opening hymn uh, is, is it Come Thou Almighty King? Yes, on 522? Here we go, let's stand and sing as unto the Lord. Yes. We had the pleasure of going over to Arizona last week and he was so blessed and so in awe that we remembered him, that California came through. And it was just, he hasn't lost his wit. Imagine this gentleman 40 years from now. Hasn't lost his wit, is just crack up. He's helping stack chairs, do tables at the end of the event. You know, and it was just an awesome experience. I have pictures I'll share with some of you who might remember him, if you want to see him. It's just, it was just a great thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he was here in 1966. 
Okay, in 1968, I was four years old, so I was thinking the other day, I wonder if there is a four-year-old or so where that is God's working on right now to be a pastor here at Reformation Church, and that maybe at my 90th, um, you know, he'll hear about that. I love that, and thank you for that, and uh, the pictures are great, so yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Well, let's stand and let's sing as unto the Lord. And it is indeed, come thou almighty king on page 522. We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done. And by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. <laughs> 
for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the sing with all the people of God, and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. For the slave has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, whose strength is made perfect in weakness, grant us humility and childlike faith that we may please you in both will and deed. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Jeremiah chapter 11, verses 18 through 20, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1192. Jeremiah 11, 18 through 20. Because the Lord revealed their plot to me, I knew it, for at that time he showed me what they were doing. I had been like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not realize that they had plotted against me, saying, let us destroy the tree and its fruit. 
Let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name be remembered no more. But you, Lord Almighty, who judge righteously and test the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance on them, for to you I have committed my cause. We will read Psalm 54 responsibly. Responsively. Please see page of your bulletin. Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayers, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me, people without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. You have delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. The third reading is from James chapter 3, verses 13 through chapter 4, verse 10, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1883. James 3.13 through 4.10. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning 
and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sorry, guys. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark, chapter 9, verses 30 through 37, and can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1569. 1569. Glory to you, O Lord. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand. They did not understand what he meant, and and they were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. Now, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I, uh, I did title this uh, sermon, and it was hard to narrow it down to just one, but... Uh, the thread that I see through this is in the title and in, in throughout the um, Old Testament reading, the New Testament from James, and, and then, of course, the gospel according to Mark. But the title is this, Humble Up. You are not all that, but you are everything to the Father who loves you. Humble Up. In our Old Testament reading, Jeremiah says, I had been like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. Let's paint a picture of what's going on here. Jeremiah 
was of uh, a priestly background. He didn't really know his uh, villagers as well as he probably thought he did. But in the village, in the area in which he lived, uh, things were on an uptick as far as the church was concerned. There was... uh, uh, the new king Josiah, who had started sort of a, uh, well, it brought him back to their roots. How about that? Josiah's father was Ammon, Ammon and um, his grandpa was Manasseh, and both of these guys had led the uh, Jews to uh, idolatry and the worship of Baal, or Baal. They... Um, they had greatly sinned against God in, in their leading of the people. And, and there, all of a sudden, they're putting, things are going pretty good. And so the villagers are, are listening to what Jeremiah has to say. And they've got some problems with him because he's being pretty harsh. He is preaching law. And they're, they're confused. They're saying, why are you upsetting things? are back on track. And he continues on. The renewal wasn't the way God intended it. And so through his prophet, Jeremiah, he speaks. Now, the villagers were wondering, again, why are you so harsh? Why don't you give us credit for being better? At least we're not as bad as we used to be. Ever heard that? Right? At least I'm not as bad as I used to be. They even said to him, to, in, in account, you are too extreme. And like men throughout the ages, whenever they disagree with something, somebody is going to be bad for business, they plotted to kill him. And Jeremiah was a little bit worried. He... Uh, He beseeched the Lord, we know. He says, just kill me now at one point in time. He says, I'm the only one. I'm done. They want to kill me. Just get get rid of me now. Now, in today's vernacular, we might might, uh, hear things like uh, prosperity gospel or um, many roads lead to, right? (laughs) They don't. Nobody's confused on that in here. But the fact that ties us together as the human creatures, we don't want the law. We don't want someone to tell us that we are lacking. We don't want anyone to tell us that on our own, you're not good enough. Because we're the greatest. Right? Legend in my own mind. You heard that, right? We... We want to say, well, I'm a good person. I do more good things than I do bad things. Does that get you to heaven? No. No. And even to the point where we see, and it's throughout ages, truth is subjective. Is truth subjective? No. If it ain't the whole truth, ain't. If it is not the whole truth, it's a lie. Omission. However, some tie-ins in here. 
Jesus said, a prophet has no honor in his own country. John 4.14, Jeremiah was feeling that. His own villagers are saying, I know you. I know your past. You're not so great. What gives you the authority to speak these words? Oh. No honor in your own country. In fact, Jesus could have said, you have no honor in your own family. His brother James, from which the lesson came this morning, he didn't uh, honor his brother. Theologians throughout time have said that um, it was pretty rough in uh, his household growing up. In fact, we have that one historical account where Jesus, his mother and his sisters and his brother come to the house of where he has been, where he is, and it's so crowded they can't get in. Do you remember this? And, and someone says, hey, uh, Lord, your mom and, and your sisters and your brothers are here. And he says, who is my mother? Who is my brothers and my sisters? Those are the ones who listen to me, who do what the Lord and what the Father has sent me to tell you. This is the thing. They were at that door. Theologians say why they went to that door was Jesus is making people mad going throughout the countryside telling the truth. Telling the truth according to the one who sent him. Their their focus was, man, you're the oldest brother. You need to take up the family business. You're out camping all over the place, traveling and visiting everybody, and my goodness, having meals with sinners. You need to be home, kid. We're going to take you now, and he, he, he rejected that. That is what the human creature wants to do. The human creature wants to rely on what they know or what they think is the right way to be. However, what we find out is that God did protect Jeremiah as promised, they didn't get him. He protected him. We hear from Paul, he says, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. That's 2 Timothy 3.12. And here's the thing. That doesn't really sound like a great invitation, by the way, does it? Hey, yeah, hey, follow Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. People hate you for his name. Yay, sign me up, right? Well, here's the thing. The enemy is not you. The enemy is not me. The enemy was not Jeremiah. The enemy was not Paul or Peter or any of the others who believe in Christ. The enemy to the world is God. They're rejecting that word. Why? Because it pokes them in a place that they can't comfort. The truth that's not subjective. The truth that pierces And it pierces you and me, doesn't it? When law is properly applied and the Holy Spirit is doing unto you as he's supposed to, as you read, as you hear the word. Jesus also said this, he who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. He who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. Luke 10, 16. It's dangerous to refuse forgiveness. It is dangerous to reject Jesus. And you haven't. 
I am the greatest. <laughs> I float like a butterfly. I sting like a bee. Cassius Clay. No, wait a minute. That's Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Same guy, right? I pity the fool. I'm the greatest. Mr. T. Most of all, Hollywood. Oh, I am quite valuable and wonderful, right? At the country club? Biff Muffy. Uh, included in this list, the apostles. I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, my mom said I was the greatest. My mom just talked to the big guy right now. We're going to sit on his left and his right, right? We're going to drink of his cup. Include you and me into that into that list. I'm the greatest. Oh, I may not go out and toot it, but I'm, I'm pretty good to myself. If you wonder if you don't think you're the greatest, let me ask you this. If you're in a group picture, who do you look for first? Oh, yeah. But let me ask you this. For Cassius Clay, also known as Muhammad Ali, for Mr. T, for most all of Hollywood, the apostles, you and me, where from did these gifts come? You know, theologians are guilty of this too. Theologians really need to humble up. And James is, is remarking in, the, in his letter today about that too because they can cause division. That's why... Through my seminary experience, boy, did I grasp on to the simplicity of the cross and Christ and him crucified. Christ and him crucified. That's what we proclaim. It's as simple as that little song, and I'll say it one more time. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible and my mom told me so. Keep it simple, guys. In fact, theology that does not lead to proclamation, in other words, all the wealth in this brain and all of the wealth in all those theologians' brains means nothing if in their message it doesn't drive proclamation, and that is, you need Jesus. Here is Jesus in the sacrament of baptism, in the holy sacrament of the altar. Here is Jesus in confession and absolution. You're not so great, but in the eyes of the Father, you are everything. And that's pretty great. In fact, it leads me to this idea, too, that a man that is wrapped up in himself makes for a small package. Isn't that true? So rather than being all about me, which is my nature, we are being exhorted today to be outward focused, to be upward focused. When Jesus is foretelling his death and his resurrection while he's with the boys. 
they didn't get it. Did you read that part? Did you hear that? It says, but they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to ask. Have you ever been in a, in a conversation or a meeting or something, and somebody's saying something to you, and they ask you, you know what I mean? You go, mm-hmm. But you had no idea what was going on? Well, that's what happened with the boys. They didn't get it. So instead of saying, and they should have, they should have said, Jesus, I don't get it. I don't know where Thomas was in this one, but I don't get it. They should have been like the Ethiopian eunuch. How can I understand if there's nobody here to, under, uh, to explain it to me? But they didn't. So they filled the vacuum, that moment, that awkward silence, you know, as they're walking to something that they knew all about themselves. And so they argued about, no, nah, I'm the greatest. No, you know, I, I, that, it would seem like a short conversation, but I don't know. If you've ever had somebody hold court with you that was telling you about how great they are, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. And then I kind of wait for the part that they say, enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? I think my dog has a headache and I got to go home. Who is the greatest? And so Jesus rather, and he could have bluntly just railed them because he knew what was in their hearts and what they were thinking. And he didn't. He could have just absolutely. But that's not the nature of God and that's not the nature of the Lord who walked with us to show, you know me, you know the Father. So what does he do? He invites them to, to confess. Really, I didn't read that part, Pastor Ken. Well, yeah, he did. When they got to the house, he asked them, what were you guys discussing on the way? Discussing. <laughs> I don't know. I would, it, I would have loved to have heard it, wouldn't you? But I can imagine. It was probably a pretty spirited discussion, right? An argument. Heart, hurt feelings. You know, nobody won. Everyone's upset. He asked them, what were you discussing? And again, they kept silent. You ever asked uh, your kids, or like, I can look at our puppies now. I go, what did you do? And they go, well, I can't speak, but I can read body language. And I know they did something they weren't supposed to do. Same with kids. What did you do? So rather than rail on them, he says, to them, he gives them an example of a child. He took a child from amongst them. And he put it right there, it, him or her. And he said, whoever receives one such child in the name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Anyone remember how God chose to save the world with a little baby? A child? You accept that child, you accept me. No, not just me, but the one who sent me. It's not that, that difficult. And, and if you notice the operative word there is, you're not in there other than to receive. Oh, my great works don't count, right? What do I have to do? Receive. What must I be, what must I do to be saved? Repent, 
be baptized. Not a lot of work in that. You're receiving. It's a gift. Jesus came to us as a baby. Jesus came as a gentle lamb. Jesus, who said, him who sent me. You receive him when you receive me. The people in Jeremiah's time didn't realize that they needed God. They were relaying on their own understanding. And they were mad when somebody had the audacity to tell them that they weren't right without God. And the disciples had the audacity to think that the the privilege that, that God and that Jesus had given them by being his chosen disciples, right, chosen, they thought that that somehow merited them greatness. And it doesn't. Not any more than God choosing you and you sitting here today makes you great or me great. But the flesh wants to do that. The flesh wants to add a couple of, of rules to, to, to the already perfect law. Well, I'm pretty nice. I went to church, read my Bible, even prayed. Not just for myself, but, you know, somebody else that really needs it, right? We take this beautiful gift that we have received and somehow we make it about us, and God knows that. And God says, you need my son. And Jesus says, here I am in the baptism. When the word and the water combined with the faith that was given to you, the Holy Spirit was imparted to you the day you are baptized, you walk wet for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. A deposit was put into you, the Holy Spirit, that promise that he is always with you, never forsakes you, that assurance of the already but not yet, the assurance that, yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm the greatest. Forgive me and help me be humble, Lord, because I know I need to be humble with the fact that stripped of this flesh that says, I'm the greatest. When I enter into heaven and you enter into heaven, we will be shocked of this, this, this body of death. And then we enjoy the already, but not yet. That's great. That's something to boast about. We boast in what he has done for us not in what we do for him. This is a message for those that are already in the body. These are hard words. These are not words that I would stand in a street corner and and ask people if they knew Jesus. This is something, this this is meat that you are being fed here. This is more than just little milk. This is meat. This is, the, this is the tension that we have for the rest of our lives. God knows what we're gonna do. God knows that we're gonna do it. God saw his uh, disciples, 
Jesus' disciples do it. God made a way to overcome it, not on our own, but clothed in Christ. Our sins are forgiven. Today, we're going to meet at the table together, hand in hand, plenty of room at God's table, and we're going to celebrate Christ, take him at his word, my body given for you, my blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins and salvation, everlasting life. We take him at his word. He passes over our lips, and we are clean from the inside out. We need Jesus. Here is Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you please recite, excuse me, recite's not the word. Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and pardon with all our mind and heart, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have have mercy. mercy. For the church of Christ, that the Holy Spirit would rid us of all bitter jealousy and selfish ambition and fill the baptized with the wisdom from above, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all servants of the church, that they may be given the grace to humble themselves before the Lord and to proclaim the mystery of the cross and resurrection with zeal and faithfulness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have have mercy. For our nation, and especially our leaders, Congress, Donald our President, our justices, and all who make, administer, and judge our laws, that God would protect them from the dangers of selfish ambition. Make them true servants and give them courage and integrity. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have have mercy. mercy. For the homebound, the lonely, the depressed and anxious, those preparing for surgery, and the ill, especially those we now name silently or out loud. John and Kay. That committing their cause to the Lord and submitting themselves to God, they may know his peace and receive whatever healing he wills. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune today, that drawing near to him who in his Eucharist draws near to us, that 
they may receive the body and blood of Christ with repentance, faith, and hope. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have, have mercy. mercy. For the faithful departed who now rest from their labors and rejoice in the presence of God and the Lamb, let us offer thanks and praise, and that he may give us our portion, too, with the saints in light. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Would you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord on this day, overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, opened us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name, Lord, and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, Holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me.
For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that our perfect Lord gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The only one that could say he's the greatest is Jesus, right? God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They are the greatest. Triune God. However, isn't it wonderful that they think you're pretty great too? Right? That you are worth that sacrifice, that horrible, humiliating, shameful death on the cross? That's pretty great. And that's what you get to celebrate today. Taking Jesus at his at his word, his body, his blood. You may be seated now. The ushers will bring you forward.
this holy place together bearing witness as the two of you become man and wife on this day as you join in heart and spirit you begin another chapter in the book of life love is a circle that surrounds you you can find it on the faces of your family and friends love let it wrap its arms around you and guide you on your journey down the road that never ends there's a song in your hearts you can hear it if you listen as it whispers through the branches high above the family tree and as time plays the melody upon you you can rest assured in knowing that you're right and you should be love is a circle that's find it on the faces of your family and friends love let it wrap its arms around you and guide you on your journey down the road that never ends love is a circle that surrounds you you can find it on Will you please stand? Thank you for worshiping today. Thank you for your witness and testimony to God's power, that he's the greatest, and that he's great working through you. Thank you for that. Thank you for your love of one another for your support of one another, for praying for another. Thank you for that. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
forgive my sin in Jesus name I've been born again in Jesus name and in Jesus name I come to you to share his love as he told me to he said freely freely you have received freely freely give go in my name and because you believe others will know that i live all power is given Jesus' name, I come to you to share his power as he told me to. He said, freely, freely, you have received, freely, freely give. Go in my name and because you will know that I live. Let us go in peace and serve the Lord. Be to God. He's freely, freely you have received freely, freely give. will know that I live. God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. I've been born again in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name I come to you to share his love as he told me to. He said, freely, freely, you have received, freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know. 